With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. Your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boule. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boule, as always. You know, and it just feels fitting that for this episode of all episodes, that Zoom crashes right in the middle of our first recording, right as we get going. That just feels so in theme right now. And I really appreciate the symbolism and the storytelling that my computer does to me sometimes. It's just, I yeah. really appreciate it. it. It's in tune with uh, with everything that's going on with the ads. So I, I respect it, man. But we're, we're back. Uh, none of you will even know or notice any difference because the first one won't be released. But this is our second time trying this. So let's uh, let's have a good show, eh? Yeah, so let's start again all the way from the top. Christian, if I told you that the Avalanche got a point out of the next two games after the episode we just had, would you be okay with that? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. They get a point from the New York Rangers in a 2-1 shootout loss. We don't need to talk about the Boston game all too much. They lose 4-0. Who cares? We literally did not have any players, but... The Avs do get Val Nachushkin back for the game against the Rangers, and the difference was immediate. You could see the instant impact that Val Nachushkin has on this team. Yeah, it just gave the team a uh, a full, competent line of NHL hockey. And right. yeah, whoever would have guessed that a line of Newhook and Rantanen and Nachushkin would actually just look good, and you can ice NHL players together, and all of a sudden. The team just looks good. Yeah, they looked a lot better. And the funny part about that Rangers game, I don't know if this is a hot take. I didn't even think they were the Avs' best line in that game. By oh. the, the the line that had the most talent, I didn't think were the best. I thought Val was really good in this game, considering the fact he hadn't played in a month. But he's definitely still shaking off some rust. Uh, I thought Newhook was okay. Uh, and then Miko, he gets the goal in the game, but I didn't really think he had a big impact on the game outside of that goal. And 
even though they didn't have a big impact, it took away the Rangers' top defensive pair so that the other lines had a chance to take advantage of these weaker defensive pairs that the Rangers have. Yeah, specifically the superstar line of Charles Houdon, Ben Myers, and Jean-Luc Foodie, who played completely out of their minds in this game. Easily the best game that any call-ups have had for the entire season, bar none. We should mention Martin Kaut sent down to the Eagles. Ben Myers brought back up, and I think you can make the case for Myers to stay. You can, just based off the two games he's played so far. I, I like his speed. Uh, the game seems to have slowed down a little bit for him. Uh, he looks better, and that was the whole point of him going down to the Eagles was so that he could get that experience and some more playing time, um, and it's really benefited him since he's come back up. Yeah, and on the other hand, Charles Houdon, I have, that guy just gives it his all on every single shift. I absolutely love, love his game. It's He hasn't gotten a goal or anything like that yet, but they are not far behind from him. I mean, this is a guy in the past who's been able to have like somewhat productive NHL seasons before. So if there's any positives to take away from these injuries, it's being able to discover that Charles Udon probably is going to be more useful on this team than we would have expected coming into the season. hundred percent. So he looks a lot better. I mean, what did they say? He had 30 points in a year with Montreal, right? Yeah, I was just trying to find that in 17, 18, he had 10 goals and 20 assists in 72 games for 30 points. That's a lot more than nothing. Yeah, that's a pretty good NHL season for a third, fourth liner. Um, but he was great. But the story of this game was John Luke Foodie. Um, I don't know about you. I, I had high hopes for this kid because if you've been reading about him and his speed and his development and he's he's going to get there eventually, I did not expect him to be this um, competitive in the NHL right away. I just didn't. No, I mean, when we call them up, like John Luke Foodie is probably my favorite prospect on this team from just watching him play. Even when they called him up and even after his first game, I was like, yeah, he's he's not going to be ready yet, but it's an emergency. And I still wouldn't say he's ready, ready, but the competes and the skills are all there. It's just he needs a little bit more time in the minors to figure a few things out. But in a pinch, John Luke Foodie works. Yeah. He does. His speed is fantastic, and he's not afraid of getting his nose into shit when he's not the biggest guy. Um, I, I honestly think after the end of this year, he could make the team out of camp next year. I think that's a realistic possibility. I think it's realistic. Even if he doesn't make it out of camp next year, at least by the midpoint of next season, John Luke Foodie is going to be playing minutes on this team. Yeah, he, he was fantastic in this game. He ended up playing, what, like 19 minutes? He played a lot. It, I don't think it was that much. I think, yeah, it ended up being 14. But uh, still, for, for John Luke Foodie in one of his first five NHL games, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, and he was fantastic. The only thing I hated, I, I didn't, wouldn't say hate, the only thing I didn't like about that line is they overpassed the fuck out of the puck. They were trying yeah. to make the perfect play instead of just taking a shot. I mean, that, uh, I mean, that's just the thing when you have an AHL line of guys that are meant to be depth pieces you expect one of them to be playing with an NHL talent and giving them the puck. That's supposed to be their job when they're called up here, not they're all playing with each other and all trying to figure out who's going to score on Igor Shesterkin. So I get it, but that's the difference sometimes. That was the only thing I didn't like about it. I feel like they the chances were there for them every single time, and they just overpassed the hell out of the puck. And, uh, I mean, like you said, what are you going to do? It's a bunch of AHL guys. Uh, and you're going up against one of the top two goaltenders in the world. And as it turns out, when you're missing as many pieces as the Avs are, 
and Igor Shosturkin, like you said earlier, probably played his best game of the year against the Avs last night. Yeah, this was return to form for Igor Shosturkin. He makes 41 saves in this game. The Avs put up 42 shots on Igor Shosturkin. They should have won this game. If they have a healthy lineup, they win this game. But if Shesterkin was just a little bit worse, they would have ran away with this one entirely. Shesterkin was a 976. He stopped everything but a Rantanen shot that was perfectly screened by Val. And now the last two games for Igor have been a 976 and a 962, which is very bad news for the rest of the league. Yeah, yeah. And I, I still think that the Rangers are just one of the most overrated teams in the NHL. Um, but if you have a goalie who plays like Igor Shosturkin, and if he can get back to any type of form that he was last year, this team's dangerous just because he's one of the two best goalies yeah, on the I mean, planet. Prime, prime example for the Rangers is this game. This is what the Rangers are when Shosturkin is at their peak. An incredibly vulnerable team that can get utterly bailed out by the best goalie in the world. Shosturkin saved their ass in that game. The Avs should have walked out of here with two points but you can't be too upset that they didn't, but you also can be upset because it's the Rangers. And man, what a two games that we have had to have in this stretch where we have no players, the Bruins and the Rangers back-to-back, just the two most respectful and understanding fan bases in the world that will never, ever get on your nerves, ever. They're just so kind. Yeah, they're so kind, and they they definitely don't taunt the home team's fans, and they they definitely don't do any of that stuff, and no, they, they definitely they don't also... want to live in their their shitty East Coast cities anymore and move out to uh, move out to Denver. So, damn, I mean, you wish them the best of luck, but uh, man, it must suck having to live in Denver compared to fucking New York City and that hellhole. Yeah, I mean, th- this is a very pointed call out at the Boston fans, especially because. Like my tweet said, and I will double down on it, they have a lot of passion for fans that left their city for a better one. And also, did you see what they pulled in Arizona last night, causing that absolutely massive fight? Are you surprised by that? It's fucking Boston. No, not even a little bit. It's it's literally just written in the Bruins fan handbook that you have to go places and just be as obnoxious as possible. It's it's in the rules. It happens every time at every place they go to. And speaking it's of that, so crazy the, that it keeps following them around. It just keeps yeah. happening to them. Yeah, it's crazy. And it, the even funniest part, this is getting off topic from the abs, but the Bruins, after beating the abs for nothing, lost to the Coyotes for three. So therefore answering the question of what team is currently better right now, the Coyotes or the Avalanche, <laughs> the Coyotes go and beat Boston four to three, granted with like 17 seconds left on a missed icing call, but I don't care because it's very- don't care. Fuck Boston, bro. It's always been fuck Boston. I can't wait for both of these teams, the Rangers and the Bruins, to go out in like the first round. I can't oh, yeah. wait. Well, I, the Rangers, I, I, I don't think the Rangers are going to make it there. I, I said it when we did our Thanksgiving predictions and everything. I don't think they're going to make it still. Oh, I mean, we talked about it in our preview with the Rangers that if Shesterkin even goes down to like a 920, this team's fucked. Like, that's where they're at. Like they, they should not have beaten the abs last night. They shouldn't have. They, the, the abs with all of their injuries, just getting Val and foodie back straight up outplayed them. They were the better team in this game. Both teams had one power play in the third period. This game was played at even strength and the abs played better. The abs played better. They were creating chances. And here's my, here's my thought on this game too, is if, if you give that type of effort against St. Louis and you're not facing Igor Shosturkin, you'll win the game. Without you question. Will. Yeah. The, I walk away from this game encouraged. 
Yeah. And even more players are coming back. We talked about it. Lekkonen's coming back. Sounds like he'll play on Sunday, which I the only thing the NHL drives me a little crazy about, and we've talked about before on the on the show, is the just the not transparency with players' injuries and just how much you're like Lecky had a concussion. He was in the concussion protocol. We didn't find out until like, like yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. It's like it drives me insane. And I know it's like gamesmanship and all this shit, but like what advantage does that really give you in a regular season fucking hockey game? Like the NFL, they'll fucking tell you if a player has a concussion, they want to be as transparent as possible. Two hours, whether it has a concussion or a broken for like the the Jimmy Garoppolo thing. We found out before the game was over that his season. And it's like, I did the, just the not lack of transparency with the injuries in the NHL will always drive me crazy. Um, but with Lecky coming back, that adds even more to the top six. And you can really, like, dude, we're going to get a reunite, re, like the line reuniting of Lecky and Val. That four checking line is going to be gross. Yeah. That, gross. that line can straight up just win you games with how absolutely frustrating they are. I love that we just have that in our back pocket. And when this team is healthy, we don't even need to use it. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be great. It's going to be. I, like if you go back to the Rangers game, Val's only going to get better with more games. I thought he was pretty good in the first period, but I think as the game went on, you could tell he was a little out of game shape um, just because he was really impactful in the first period. And then the second and third periods, he kind of was non-relevant uh, and kind of same with that top line in general for the abs, but you get him back with some more game time. Lecky ends up only missing what, like a week. Yeah, week and a half. A couple games. Like he only missed after the Boston game. He ended up missing Philly, Boston, and New York. So he misses three games, and he'll he'll be back for St. Louis. So a total of eight days entirely. Yeah, I hate to sound like I'm undermining what concussions are because it is a significant injury, but almost like him having a concussion is one of the better case scenarios because I thought he like broke his elbow. Yeah. So, I mean as concussions are very serious, this is kind of the best case scenario injury in my opinion. Yeah. Which is a weird thing to say about very, very weird thing to say, but it's not a broken bone. That's going to keep him out for months. And also he wouldn't be cleared if he wasn't good enough to play. So we can leave it at that still, but just even going back to the Rangers game as a whole and Nachushkin, I mean, it's what I said weeks ago, the second Val comes back not just having him in the lineup, everyone's going to play better knowing that he's in the lineup. You watch him on the ice for his first shift in over a month, and his energy is just infectious. He is a crucial component of the Rantanen goal. He's standing right in front of Shesterkin. He doesn't end up picking up a point for it, but he probably should have. He was probably one of the most important players on that entire play. And once he gets some of his legs back and like you said, gets back in a little bit of game shape, he's going to be picking up right where he left off. Yeah. I'm not worried at all. Um, but I just need, I just need him to get back into game shape. We need lucky to come back and hopefully Erod comes back by the end of this week. And we're talking about really the only players we're missing are Helm, Landeskog and McKinnon. And if you would have told me that when we were recording last week, I would have said, fuck yeah, give me that all day. Yeah, we were thinking like last episode, this was going to last for the the entire month. It seems like there's a little bit of bad news with Byram that he might have potentially faced a, a setback. That hasn't really been confirmed, but he was skating and then he's not skating. And then the answers around him get a lot more vague, which 
starts to lead you to believe that maybe this is going to take a little longer. Yeah, because, I mean, we're talking, it's almost been a month already, right? Yeah. More than a month, right? Because they were in Finland when that happened, right? Yeah. It was like he was just skating. I think he took, like, the skate in Finland, did he not? Like, the skate, and then just didn't play. And we just have not seen him since. Was skating in late November, early December, and then just stopped. I mean, it's at this point, I'm just taking back whoever we can get because we need as many players as we can get back. Um, but did you have any other thoughts on the Rangers game? I know you want to. I know you want to dive into your uh, your shootout problem, but uh, I will say the shootout was. Once I once I saw I was going to shoot, I was like, we lost. Like, there's just no, there, there's not the breakaway type of players that the Abs no, have you, in this type of game. You can um, you can outplay depth issues sometimes. You can't hide in a shootout. When, yeah. When you don't have skill, there's really not much yeah. you can do. Once Miko didn't score, I was like, yeah, this is over. Like, yeah. it's it. Like good this, luck. This is not the same situation as it was in New York when we had the the first shootout against the Rangers, where it was just everyone's playing their best. Like the Rangers are completely healthy, and we are not. But I don't I don't want to get to the shootout quite yet. But Alex Newhook, I thought in this game, really has started to step up as of late. He had a beautiful play to set up Ranton for the only goal of the game, and he's been playing a lot better. As of late, he had the two goals against Philly. He picks up the assist here. And this is very much a trial by fire and not the role he's going to be playing later in the season. But slowly but surely, he has started to turn into someone that you can rely on for some points. Once guys start to come back and he heads deeper down into that lineup, I think this is going to do him a lot of good. Yeah, and I think that Val injury really kind of set back Newhook more than anyone. Because if you're talking like maybe even five games later when Erod kind of got out of his early season slump, that could have been a really good second line. And they didn't really even get a chance to play with it too much because Val went out and then it was just new hook was just getting thrown around the lineup just all over the place. Uh, so you put him with some talented players. He can make plays. He's responsible defensively. Um, I really liked the way he played in this game. And I actually didn't like, if we want to touch quick on the Boston game, like, I didn't think the Boston game was that bad. It's just when your talent gap is that big, it's eventually going to catch up with you. Yeah. The first period of the Boston game I thought was really good considering yeah. the circumstances. You come out of that scoreless, but the difference between a good NHL team and a good AHL team with guest appearances from Ranton and McCarr is very steep. And we were never at any point that close to score. Actually, no, Myers was pretty close to scoring a goal in that game. But there was never a shot at winning that game. Once the first Pasternak goal went in and the Taylor Hall won shortly after, wasn't much we could do. But before we move on from the Boston game, I if this episode was right after the Boston game, this would have been the first thing we talked about. Dryden Hunt has that yeah. dog in him. What a hit on David Pasternak and just beating the absolute breaks off of who who is it no thomas nosek yeah. yeah bought thomas nosek and just beat the breaks off of him easily the best moment from that game real shame we couldn't do anything with that momentum we just immediately threw it away on the ensuing power play because not only did he hit Pasternak and win that fight he drew a power play for us yeah. a healthy lineup absolutely makes them pay with that. And that changes the entire game. Yeah. I mean, we're talking the top power play unit. It was Rantanen, Newhook, Comfer, 
Makar and Gerard. <laughs> that, that, that was our power play unit. We yeah, and our, our second power play unit is just Devontae's drowning. Yeah, it was it wasn't pretty. I mean, that game went exactly as we all expected it would exactly as we all expected it would. Um, so there's not too much more to talk on there. Um, there were a couple goals that Georgiev gave up. I was like, eh, I don't love that one. But at the same time, like, what do you, you do? Have Jacob McDonald, who treats the puck like an active grenade um, and Andreas England, who I actually thought was OK. But yeah, I, I don't blame Georgiev too much for that game. But if you go back to the Rangers game for Georgiev, he was awesome in this game. Yeah, he answered the bell against his old team the same way he did the first time. Uh, the Schneider goal, there really wasn't a ton that he could do on it. It was just a really good bounce and a really good slap shot. He shut the door the rest of the way, and I'm not going to be too upset about shootout because, as I will get to, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he played really good. And the Avs defensive structure, I thought, was very strong. That one goal he gave up, that was just such a smart play by Panarin. Like he, he just borderline it was a good borderline illegal. What do you think? No, no, no. I'm not talking about the shootout. I'm talking about the goal. Oh, okay. where he set up right. Schneider. Yeah, I got confused. Yeah. But that yeah. one, yeah, um, that was just such a smart play because honestly, I thought Miko and Kale played that pretty well. It may not have been Kale. I forget who the defenseman was. Um, I thought they played it pretty well. They changed uh, their defenders and they went and no one picked up Schneider on the back check and he just rocked. I don't think there's a goalie, maybe Shesterkin. I don't think there's many goalies stopping that shot. No, that's a perfect slap shot right on the money. Not much you can do about that. And it's fine, especially when you don't give up a goal for the rest of the game. You make 28 saves on 29 shots and the defense played really well in front of him as well. The, the Avs deserved to win this game. Shesterkin in front of the Rangers stole an extra point for them. But considering the circumstances, you really can't be too upset about it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, I'm not going to complain too much. I wish it was a better fate, but I thought this was probably one of the better games that the Avs played for the full 60 minutes in a very long time. Even when McKinnon was healthy, they hadn't been playing super well. I thought in this game, they finally kind of got back to themselves. Yeah. If this was a healthy line, even a partially healthy line, like you, you just, throw McKinnon and Lekkinen back in there. I, I think they win this game four to one easily. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd agree with that. So it's, I'm not going to be too bummed about it. You've got a brutal, I wouldn't say brutal, a tough game against a St. Louis team. That's been meh lately. They've been, um, they've been bad lately. Yeah. Or, so well. we'll see. It's going to be a fun one. Like you said, Lekkinen will be back. So, We'll see, but let's uh, well, let's give the listeners what they've been waiting for, Griffin. Let's let's talk about that shootout because is it, is it anything that they've been waiting for? Because I think they want me to stop. Honestly, yeah, no, I mean from the the feedback on me just questioning why shootouts exist. Listen, if this annoys you, I'm gonna be the first to apologize because I am not gonna stop about this. You sound shootout. like Conor McGregor. I'd like to apologize to for fucking, absolutely fucking nothing to fucking nobody because the shootout is the dumbest thing in the sport i don't care it's stupid and it's an absolute waste of time just just give me five more minutes of overtime that's it that's all i'm asking for i'm not even asking to get rid of the shootout just decide games with hockey that's it it's all i ask for no other sport does stupid shit like this except soccer and it's stupid there too so this is gonna happen after every though. shootout it, it is it oh it's electric they're great man um but like, here's my thought process on it. Like the shootout, I get why it's there. You don't want to have to be playing these games forever, but 
I think when three on three first started and teams were more like in a fuck it mode, like, yeah, let's fucking do it. Now it's turned into more of like you get one or two chances in overtime. Um, the only reason I said I hate shootouts is because I knew there was a 0% chance we were going to win this one. Absolutely 0% chance. So that's why I was bummed because I thought the Avs dominated that overtime for a majority of it. Um, they so just the Rangers they, had like one shot. The Avs dominated the three on yeah. three. And again, Comfer, I don't know what got into him for overtime this season. He has been a monster. He's been great. Did Nachushkin even play in the overtime? Oh, he did. He definitely he did. Played. But it was it was Comfer who was really doing what Nachushkin usually does. And yeah. he was pinning the Rangers in their own zone. He was stopping clears. He was forcing changes. Like he did everything just about perfectly in yeah. overtime. And man, that's why I just hate to see shootouts decide games like this because it just it's completely different from the game that just happened. It's just, well, we all want to go home. Let's just get this over with. Well, and both games against the Rangers have been shootouts and both shoot like overtimes have been electric. Like yeah, you remember that game in Madison Square Garden? That game was fucking awesome. You can, you, you can argue that if the overtime went on, the opposite team would have won because yeah. the Rangers had the better overtime the first time. We stole it in the shootout. We had the better overtime this time and we stole it in the, or they stole it in the shootout. I guess all's well that ends well, but it's just, man, I, it just feels like such a waste of time. And I guarantee this, if you ever get rid of the loser point, shootouts are gone the next year. Yeah. Players would hate it. Fans would hate it. And everyone would finally agree that this is stupid, but because it's only one point, no one cares enough to complain. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just what it is, what it is at this point. Um, if you go back to the sh- uh, the overtime, um, because that's where the Avs had the chance to win it. I mean, Kale McCarr had probably like it, it was a perfect shot, and Igor Shosturkin made. I thought was a pretty good glove save. Kale McCarr didn't really uh, agree, but um, I thought it was a great save. And then at the very end of the overtime, like with one second left, Miko, little bit behind Devon Taves, if he gets that on a stick, I think Taves beats him. Um, and the Avs win the game, but that's that's just hockey. It's a game of it, it's a game of inches at some points. And if Kale's shot is one centimeter higher, it's an overtime winner for him. If Miko gets the pass right on Tave's stick, it's an overtime winner. But instead, you end up losing. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I want to be bummed about it because now the Avs have lost what four straight games. Is it four straight now? Yeah, yeah. Philly Bo- or Boston, Philly, Boston, New York, right? Yeah. So, I mean, this will probably be one of the few times during the year that we will have to talk about an Avs losing streak, hopefully. And I'd rather have it at the beginning of the season. And even if you look at, like, the standings, like, I feel like everyone was kind of in freakout mode. The Avs are still only... <laughs> we're in. We're tied for third in the Central right now. Like, we're fine. Yeah. We're doing A-OK. Literally still everything is completely fine. We're falling back a little bit of the race in front of us. Winnipeg and Dallas are tied at 37 each because they both just keep winning. I'm not concerned about it whatsoever. And even though the Avs ended up losing this game, again, they didn't lose this game in hockey. They lost it in the shootout, which to me is just a tie, but you're lying to me. And they played better than the Rangers in this game. They play a goalie who's not having as good of a game as Igor Shesterkin with that performance. They win that game they get a little bit healthier, they win that game. And so when the going is going to get tough late in the season and points are going to get more and more valuable, 
I have no doubt that this team is just going to continue to come through and win some games. And at very least, we're going to have home ice in the first round. Here's the thing. Like Winnipeg's been a good story. They're going to cool off eventually. Like they're going to, that defense is not good. And um, Connor Hellbuck's a good goalie. He's one of the top five goalies in the world, but he's playing out of his mind right now and we'll be okay. I'm not super worried about it. Um, I did want to touch on the fact, and I, this is my other rant. If, if you can't tell by listening to me, um, I'm not the biggest fan of these East Coast cities who just think they're elitists and think they're better than fucking everyone. Rangers fans talk more smack for a team that hasn't won a Stanley Cup since 1994 and won one in, like, what, 70 years? Yes, than I think any any too. fan base. Yeah, in any fan base I've ever seen in my life. Like, you haven't accomplished jack shit. Jack shit. And you're the ones talking trash to the Avs. And it's like, what have you done? What have you done? And or Tim, well, not Panera, because he's one cup. Um, oh, what yeah. have you done? No, Did he win one with the Blackhawks? Nope, he came the year after. <laughs> Even better. What have they done to be crowned as like the, they can talk the most smack. They like, went on a fluke run to the Eastern Conference final last year. So therefore, in their mind, that gives them the right and the audacity to talk to the team that won that year. Against yeah. the team that beat them. Yeah, it, it was just, they drive me insane. Them in Boston, I think Boston's worse just because Boston oh, will yeah. actually. Like, well, the, in person, Boston is worse. Online, the Rangers are worse. Oh, yeah. Like, they just think they're hot shit, and they aren't. They aren't like I can take it if an Islanders fan talks trash me because at least that team's yeah you have like a, you had a dynasty at some yeah. point. Granted, it wasn't recent, but you have something to back it up. Yeah, you have something to back it up. Um, like Boston, they did win a cup in 2010. I don't think they can talk much trash. They've kind of squandered a. It's over 10 years old. I no longer yeah. care. My my rule is if your cup win is over 10 years old, it no longer matters. Yeah, and honestly, if you think about it, Boston's kind of squandered their this core. They should have won a lot more cups than they did, but Hey, I'm not one to say anything, but yeah, th- these East coast teams drive me up the fucking wall. Um, and I just despise them so much. And like the vitriol that Rangers fans have for Georgiev it is mind blowing to me. Why? Like, I, I seriously don't understand why you hate this guy and why you took the celebration that he had when he beat you in your building. So personally, yeah, it's- like, He's happy. Let the guy fucking be happy. And oh, you beat him in a shootout this time against the Eagles and you're doing a victory lap. It's weird. It's weird behavior. And yeah, if I was a professional athlete who knew you were going to get Igor Shosturkin's going to be the goalie for the Rangers for the next 10 to 15 years. He's just going to be. There was no place for Georgiev. He clearly has the talent to be a starter. Get him out. I'd want to get out of there, too. Like, yeah, and it's, it's not like he trashed them on the way out and no. said, the Rangers suck. What a horrible organization. I hope every fan never gets to see this team. He was gracious, but the situation was clear. And what, you rather have Halak right now? Stop. <laughs> You'd rather have Georgiev at this point. Yeah. So that's that's my mini rant on, on the Rangers and just their fans because, yeah, they just drive me up a fucking wall. Um, but overall... I thought the Avs played well. They did end up losing, and we kind of expected that to happen in these games. Like, let's be real. Like, the Flyers one is probably the one that I'm most upset about just because it's the Flyers, and the Flyers suck. These two games, considering the injuries, considering the players that were out, I'm not super upset about these. It's all about the structure and how the system goes. Um, I'm interested to see what your thoughts are on this because I heard this kind of going around, and the analytics kind of backed it up. 
What have your thoughts been on Sam Girard these past two games? He's had his moments, not all of them good, not all of them bad, but I've I've started to have the thoughts that I can see a world without Sam Girard on this team, not this season, but I think this offseason, especially as the cap is going to get a little tighter, that I I can definitely see a world where maybe it would be better to find a better fit for everyone here because he hasn't been bad. There have been points this season where he's been really good. There's also been points in the season where it just looks like he's not, I don't even know how to describe it. Not, I don't want to say not trying because he is trying or even not giving it his all because he is just looks outmatched sometimes, I suppose. It, the frustrating part for me for Sam Gerrard is he was bad against Boston. He was bad. Flat out, he was bad. But then against the Rangers, I thought he had one of his best games of the year. He was all over the ice. Even in the Rangers game, I mean, he had the the great setup on the first goal. He picked up an assist. Even then in this game, I still thought there were moments where he was not his best. But the Boston game, he got torched. Yeah, he, he got his ass kicked. And I just go back to it. Like, has COVID fucked up any more player than it did Sam Gerrard? Because before he got COVID in 2021, 2022, one of those years. Not 2020, because that's when COVID was. But after, I think it was before the outdoor game, whenever that was. Because he got COVID, and he was playing at a Norris-type level. Because McCarr was out, him and Taves were playing fantastic. And he got COVID, and he's never really been the same player since that. And it's just sad, because he is, he has all the talent in the world, and I want him to succeed. But, man, it just it, it's getting harder and harder to defend him sometimes. Yeah, it's just there are times where it's clear he's good, but there are some holes in this team right now that $5 million could definitely fill a little better than Sam Gerard. And it's a good contract. And when he signed it, it was going to be one of the better contracts in the league. It just, it kind of seems okay right now. It's not an overpayment. It's not really an underpayment either. It's just kind of okay. And when we have a defense as good as the one the abs have right now, I'm not I'm not saying do it right now. I'm not one of those people saying trade Sam Gerard right now. But when you have to re-sign guys in the offseason and the McKinnon extension kicks in, that five million is gonna get tougher to squeeze. Hey everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. And if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into big payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN to bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, and my thing with it too is like, I love Bo Byram too. 
but man, he's got to get some injury luck going his way. Like eventually like this has to balance out. Cause this dude's just had bad luck. And when he stayed healthy, he's been one of the best defensemen and he could be your replacement for Gerard. It's just, he can't stay on the ice at this point. Um, so we'll have to see that that's a way future us problem to have, but it does. I, I was interested to see your thought because I know that me and you are Sam Gerard defenders. We are We're Sam Gerard realists. We're not yeah. one of the people that will blindly defend him and also just blindly hate on him because he's 5'10". Like, yeah. the, Sam Gerrard has his uses on an NHL team. It's just right now he hasn't shown enough this season that shows he's irreplaceable. That was my standard for him coming into this season is you have to show why you deserve to be on this team. You're you're an NHL player. We all know that. That's not a secret. But you make $5 million dollars. And you are relied on to be a minute eater. We really can't have a lot of the mistakes that he yeah. makes a lot of the time. It's, we need him to be, we need, he's not going to play like Kale McCarr or have that moment, but he can't turn the puck over because he doesn't have the skill set that McCarr and even Taves have to recover when he makes mistakes. I feel like when he makes a mistake, it usually results in the puck going in the back of your own net. Because the thing is, people will point to his size and his style of play as the problem. I think the problem is he doesn't commit enough to it is that he tries sometimes to be something that he's not. He is a smaller guy. He's a smaller defenseman. He's a mobile guy, a puck mover. He needs to lean into those and just be really good at that. And you don't, I mean, go into the corners, you know, try to win puck battles, but that's not what you're best at. You need to lean into your skills more often. And I feel like he, especially, I'd say more than anyone on this team, is just trying to be something that he's not and he's never going to be. Gerard's he's been around for a long time at this point and he's had his most his most success when he's been himself. Yeah. It it's just it, it's very I wouldn't like like you said I'm not like concerned about it. It's just when you have 5 million tied up in a guy who who could be replaced, you you have to entertain that conversation. You just do. Yeah. Eventually. And- it's not going to happen this year, but if things continue the way they're going this year, I I think it's a very realistic possibility that that happens. Yeah, I mean, and that's not even to say he's been bad because he hasn't been bad. If he's been bad, no one's touching that contract. Like I I think Sam Gerrard, just on another team I know well in Washington, would be an excellent fit. He's a fantastic puck mover. This is in no way pointed because I don't think John Carlson can move pucks. But if you put him in John Carlson's spot on the power play and just be like, give the puck to Ovi and move the puck. I think he'd be great at that. Yeah, but it's just with, with this team and the role that he plays, when you have Kale McCarr, who can do the things that Sam Gerrard does, but so much better, you have to wonder sometimes how long is this fit going to be a thing? Like Sam Gerrard has to prove that he is irreplaceable. He has not done that this season. Maybe he can. But it does seem like the road is starting to run out. Yeah, it does. So we'll see. I'm just uh, I just want to get your thoughts on it because it was a uh, it, it was a very I saw some people talking about it online and I, I didn't know where your thoughts were. But I mean, we'll see what happens. The, he just needs to get back to the Sam Gerard we know he can be and yeah. we'll be OK. But... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not concerned when Sam Gerard's on the ice. I don't think he's too small or his style of play doesn't work. I just think with the way this team is built right now with 
when they're healthy, which is a massive caveat, six defensemen that are great NHL players, I think there is a conversation to be had that that $5 million could be spent more evenly throughout the lineup than on one guy. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, he's not Jacob McDonald bad, but he's 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 not been $5 million good. So, yeah, I mean, overall, like it was funny. We had Brad Hunt play in this game. I don't know if you saw the analytics for him. I didn't think he was that bad. The analytics for him were atrocious. <laughs> I, I did see them. I saw I saw the the game score and I did not know it could go that far left. Yeah, me either. So um, I didn't even think he was that bad. Like I, I thought he was OK, but apparently the analytics uh, did not agree. So um, it's just that you're at that point in the season now where it's you need Manson, you need Byron back and this D will be fine. Like. I almost say, like, do you think this team's missing Curtis McDermott at this point? No, not yeah, really. I don't either. I wanted you just to give me some hope there because I, I don't think they are either. I, I really, I, I love I, the guy. I, but I, I, I will say when he's on the ice, a team like the Rangers would take a little fewer liberties. Like I, I thought the Zabanajad thing at the end of overtime, granted Curtis McDermott would not even sniff the ice in three on three overtime. This would not prevent this, but the Rangers can be very pissy at times, and I would be lying if I said I wasn't worried that Jacob Truba would feel a little free tonight or when we played the Rangers because, boy, that man has not slowed down one bit when it comes to towing that line. Yeah. My favorite thing was just Andreas Antimasiu saying that shit. That was so fucking funny. Yeah, and and then the Rangers fans saying that, no, that didn't happen. Yeah, like it's just funny, like – I just love it because Antimacy U is I almost like when hockey players have no filter. Like he just he was pissed off and he spoke his mind. And I think majority of Twitter agreed with him. Like, yeah, this dude's right. <laughs> I just I just can't believe we let Jacob Truba get away with taking out Sidney Crosby in a playoff series and everyone just forgot about it. Yeah. And just act like that did not happen. And that was not a massive reason as to why the Rangers did not win or the why the Rangers did win that series. Yeah. It was, it's funny, but yeah, that guy sucks and he's making 8 million. Let, let's put this away. Boa tie and Sam Gerard. He could be Jacob Truba making oh 8 my million God. a year. We could name Sam Gerard captain, have him make $8 million and no one really knows why. What a, ran- like, what a random captain. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's a captain that makes less sense than Jacob Truba in the NHL. That ne- didn't make any sense at the eh, time. Eh, eh, eh. Jared Spurgeon on the wild makes a zero. Oh, no, no, no. That makes a lot more sense than Truba. At least Spurgeon's been there and he's been like the guy in Minnesota for a minute. Truba's, this is what, his fourth year with the Rangers? Yeah. He was his third last year. Takes out a bunch of guys in the playoffs and gets a C and has not earned it whatsoever this season. It's funny. Oh, you know, you know what? Kyle Opozo, maybe. Opozo's been suffering with the Sabres for a while. I And he's... He's gone through it in his career. I'd respect him as a leader for sure. Truba, yeah. I just don't get it. It sucks because he's a Michigan man. He is a Michigan man, but I have to hate him. Yeah, well, he's far removed from those days yeah. at this point. So, so, but yeah, I mean, overall, those games sucked. Not the Bruins game sucked. That one, I, I should have been paid to watch that game. Um, and then the Rangers game was a lot better. And now you got the St. Louis Blues coming up on Sunday. Here's the thing. This game's either going to be the Avs are going to blow them out or Jordan Bennington's going to have like another like 45 save performance. You really just never know with this guy, huh? Yeah. I mean, 
my God, he had the game against us that he had where he was phenomenal and has been literally unplayable ever since. You you cannot play Jordan Bennington late. I, I'm curious to see whether or not he plays against us in this game. I think he does just because of what he did to us last time. Um, I think it makes the most sense to play him. But I, I just, the Blues have not been good. They just haven't. Like, th- this is probably the best time for like a banged up abs team to face the blues I mean, because they've just haven't been good. Dude, Jordan Bennett. I did not realize it was this bad. Holy oh yeah. He's been atrocious. <laughs> I knew it was bad, but 750, 765, 882, 870, 846, 813. Ever since his last good game against the ducks. Holy shit. That yeah. is unbelievable that is a lot of eights and a lot of sevens mixed in there too yeah and here's the thing if the apps can play like they did against the rangers they'll be a-okay they will beat this blues team it'll be closer i I think i think this is still gonna be a tight game but with val having his second game back lecky coming back um i thought kale mccarr and Devontae's played one of their better games of the year against the rangers um you get those guys back and you're going to be against a St. Louis team whose defense I still think is suspect. And unless Jordan Bennington pulls a rabbit out of his hat again, I, I think you can win this game. I really do. Yeah. I don't think I'm seeing this with my Avs goggles on because most of the time I think they're going to win. Right now, no wins guaranteed, but I think they have as good a chance to win this game just based off how they played against the Rangers. Like they figured I mean, out how they have to play with all these injuries. I mean, the Blues cannot get an iota of goaltending lately. And they're not getting a ton of scoring to make up for it either. They're just a team that is missing a lot right now. They haven't been getting a ton of offense. Even like guys like Cairo who have been better, they're just not getting a ton. Like who even has the most? It is Cairo who has 10 right now. O'Reilly's been a little better. This just screams mediocre hockey team right now. If anything, I'm very willing to walk back me saying they get the second wild card spot. I don't think this team's going to get even that close to the playoffs yeah. the way they're playing recently. If they, they can get some if they can get some goaltending, maybe. But even then, like I, like I just don't think this team has it. Like they just don't. They're missing a couple pieces, and it's just not. It's just not what they need right now. I so mean, ever since they went on that win streak. They have given up less than five goals once, and they still lost that game. Yeah. Yeah, they haven't been good. So the Avs have a chance to go and win two points. Now that we're talking about it, this game's happening at 1 p.m. Colorado time. That is screaming this game's going to be ugly as fuck. These 1 o'clock games, just the bodies for these NHL players are very... Uh, cyclical like they have a routine and you're taking them away from their routine yeah this game is gonna be an absolute mess i imagine there's no goaltending for the blues the abs are banged up i think it's gonna be a fun game i wouldn't say it's gonna be the the best hockey game we've ever seen yeah i hope it is but it's it's going to be fun um i we talked about this a little bit before the show started i don't get the nhl with its scheduling why do you put one of the marquee games on a Sunday in the middle of an NFL Sunday. Why? Why would you? You're not going to get very many eyeballs on that game. Let's just be real here. It just makes no sense. I like the Sunday games when football season is over. I think that's a great idea. Why are you doing it right now? Like, 
do a Saturday night one. Saturday night would fucking kill it with college football over now. Yeah, that would make I mean, sense. I feel like at some points you can't always be scheduling your games around the NFL. If three o'clock Eastern time is what works, you just do it. I don't know. It's a very random time. It's a game that's going to be on ESPN. It's the only game on during the early slots. It's not like they're just directly trying to compete with the NFL, but I feel like at some point you just you just got to do what you got to do. Sometimes you can't always yeah. you can't always wait until another sport gets off of the time slots before you can start doing them. And let's face it, America's not the only country in the world. There are going to be there's going to be other time zones that appreciate an earlier start and will enjoy this quite a bit, but. I think it's fine. I think for growing the game in a national audience, maybe not the best move, but for people like us, do we really care? Like, are are you a Broncos fan going to watch the Broncos over the avalanche? No, but I also have four TVs, so I'll watch. Yeah, well, it's not a problem for you, but with the way <laughs> the Broncos are right now, are you going to willingly subject yourself to that? I mean, I will, but like I said, I have four TVs. If, if you're asking me if I had one TV and I had to choose, it'd be the ads. It would be. Like, let's yeah, be that's clear. exactly my point. And for you're me, asking the much, wrong guy. I'm for, a me, guy. It's not, for me, it's not much better because the Ravens are not fun lately. But they're going to win tomorrow. They're going to win. I don't know about that. We'll yeah, see. But yeah, what, what as, are your thoughts? As, as an employee of the team, I cannot give any positive or negative. <laughs> um. What, what what's your prediction for the game tomorrow? What's the score? Four two Avs win. I think it's three two Avs win. I uh, think it's gonna be tight. Um if Georgiev plays like he played against the Rangers, they have just a good chance. If we get the Georgiev that we saw in Philly, uh could be a little bit more troublesome. But this is the start of a week that the Avs really could catch, make some ground. Because you got St. Louis on Sunday. That's probably the toughest game of the week, would you say? I mean, Nashville is tougher, I would think. Nashville's playing better as of late. I think they did lose to to Ottawa today. But they've been better at least as of late. And man, the Blues, if you can knock them down early, like get out to like a 2-0 lead, I think you're fine. Yeah. And if there's one thing we've learned about this Avs team, they have to score the first goal with this lineup right now. They absolutely have to. This team's not built to come back as it sits right now. Um, but I think you can beat St. Louis, Philly. They're spirited. We've seen what they can do. They're not going to get two power play goals. They this. are falling apart yeah. right now already. They yeah. they got the win and they, you know, big whoopee. Good deal for them. They're already scratching Tony D'Angelo, which is very funny. The Avs should win that game now that they're healthier. They've already beaten Buffalo, but Tage Thompson. He's I, slowed down since his five-point game. He oh, wasn't he, great. Oh, he, oh, he slowed down, you think, yeah. from his from his six-point performance with yeah. five goals a little bit? He, yeah, he slowed down a little bit. He took but... his foot off the gas a little bit just so he didn't break Gretzky's record by the end of the year. Yeah, I, I think that's a winnable game. You're talking you could win three straight here. And like you said, Nashville's going to be tough, but I – wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibilities. I think Rodriguez could play in either the Buffalo or Nashville game. And by all accounts, it sounds like Darren Helm's getting close too. Yeah, he's so, skating. He's in a non-contact jersey. Like by the end of this week, we could be talking about a team that's a lot healthier. Like forward-wise. Yeah, forward-wise at least. But Manson, haven't heard anything on him. Byram, probably a setback. But for Landeskog, every game is a game closer. Correct. So it, 
this could be by the time we're talking about the national, this could be the healthiest this team's been all year. <laughs> Quite possibly. I, so, at least until McKinnon's back, I can't say that. Yeah. But here's the thing, too. You're talking about Manson. They said he was week to week, more than likely two to four weeks. He got hurt in the Buffalo game. By that time, it'll be two weeks. So you're talking about Manson maybe returning after the Christmas break? Mm, maybe. I mean, you'd have to see some sort of timetable yeah. for him. They, they, they can say week to week all they want. Until you really start to see him skating again, you really just have no idea. That's true. That's true. Uh, but Rodriguez getting back is going to be huge. Like the power I, play I is going to actually – yeah, Rodriguez gonna... is, is is absolutely massive. Like we were talking about with Newhook, you just get those guys back together and them all rolling at the same time, that alone makes them a lot more dangerous than they were in October. Yeah, and you're just talking about even your third line with Comfer, Cogliano, and uh, O'Connor. Like you have three NHL lines at that point. Right. Like, look, look at this. This is like yeah. an NHL team at this point. And then you add Darren Helm back in there. And I don't know who you bumped down to the fourth line more than likely. I don't know. Do you, they won't break up. I, I think uh, you, you probably start Helm on the fourth line. Fourth, just he yeah. Has, he hasn't played all season. And also like Helm's not really the guy you need to yeah. put too high in the lineup. Well, and even the thing is too, I like the way Comfort Cagliano and O'Connor have played together. So you give them back that rule of the third line where they're going up against other third lines, they're going to be really good again. Um so it'll be it'll be fun. I am I am just eagerly awaiting this team to get even a little bit healthier. I don't know why it felt so once Val came back, I was like, damn, we're healthy again. <laughs> like, I don't know if you had that feeling too, where it was like the injury woes are gone. Val's it, back, it we're felt good. like positive momentum in our favor. Yeah for once after yeah. so many weeks of just nobody's coming back and more and more people are getting hurt. It felt like the first genuinely good news we've gotten in like a month. So we, the positive we've went two games without an injury. Yeah. Two. So far. I, I don't know why you said that, but yeah, because <laughs> now it's not going to make it to three, but so far we've made it two games without another injury against the Bruins and the Rangers, which is a very good sign. We still have to survive the blues in, St. Louis, I'm sure they'll be very happy to see us. No, dude, did you do you remember in that Boston game, Miko left the bench for a little bit? Yeah, everyone shit their pants a little bit. There. He left after the first shift. Yeah. I was I was ready to cry. <laughs> it was it was funny at that point, but he it sounds like it was just a gear thing. He did take a skate to the groin, and I was like, it, I just got flashbacks of when Gabe and the bubble got cut, and he was out for like the rest of the playoffs. Um, so. Yeah, that was another shit your pants moment, but Miko came back. Um and I'm just I'm just hoping and praying that we can just make it through the end of this month. Just stay afloat this end of this month. We got we got a point that is more progress than we had in the three games previous. You get a win against St. Louis, you make up some ground, and you have a bunch of winnable games coming up. The rest of this month is not that bad. Really, once you got out of these two games. It gets a lot easier. The Blues are not as good as either of the two teams we just played. The Flyers are just genuinely not good. The Sabres, they're fun, but it also feels like they don't win very often. It's the perfect season for Sabres fans right yeah. now. Nashville is always an interesting matchup. Either it's the best game of the season or we utterly crush them. The Past Islanders, couple times. Yeah, the, the, the Islanders... That'll probably end up being a pretty tough game. But oh, Montreal, yeah. Montreal, Nashville again, Arizona in Arizona, where they're 
uh, the 80s Oilers, apparently. And <laughs> L.A., who cannot stop a beach ball. That'll be a firepower game. And then hopefully you're probably healthy towards the end of the month for the New Year's Eve against the Leafs. I would love if we had even a semblance of a healthy lineup going in because it's Leafs and then Vegas, right? Yeah, 31st New Year's Eve is the Leafs, and then the second is Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> At least we get a day off between the Vegas games now. Yeah, that kind. I don't. <laughs> I work that day. Yeah, shit. But it'll be it'll be good. Uh, this is a lot more positive episode than I thought it was going to be, considering we've lost four in a row. But, but for a four-game losing streak, this has been a very upbeat episode. Yeah, and I think it's just because the rest of the Western Conferences suck so much that we're, we're okay. We're okay. Yeah, so, we're fine. I mean, the, the Central has gotten a little more competitive, I think, than what we imagined. Nashville's been better as of late. Minnesota's just been okay. The Blues have fallen off. So, I mean, there's a race right now, and we're right now in the thick of it. But by the end of the season, it's going to be fine. Yeah, it, it'll be good. So we just got to persevere through these last couple last couple weeks of injuries, hopefully, and we'll be good. Like, and can we talk about the Pacific division? Because I just said the Kings cannot stop letting in goals. They are still second in the Pacific because holy shit, this division sucks. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. I mean, Vegas is going to run away with that division. They already Um, have. Yeah. I mean, you had Calgary's been better lately. Um, Not really. I I think uh, Markstrom's bad. They did lose to Columbus. Yeah, um, Calgary looks meh. Edmonton looks meh. Um, I, keep, I keep thinking. I feel like I keep seeing when games. Edmonton? Crash? No, you're good. You're still here. You're still here. Your, your screen's frozen. No. And I feel like every time I look, the Oilers are winning games, but I look at them in the standings, and they're just the exact same spot they were last time I looked, always behind Seattle. Granted, they're only two points behind the Kings and only one behind Seattle. Edmonton's going to finish second. In that division, I'm pretty confident. But outside of that, this is just one big fucking mess. Yeah, that division's not good. I mean, Anaheim and San Jose are god awful. They're really bad. One regulation win. How is that even possible? (laughs) It's impressive at this point. Like that, that minus fifty. Minus (laughs) fifty. One regulation win is easily my favorite stat of the entire. That's hard to do. You have six overtime shootout wins. Like that's ridiculous. Well, it's it's a fight for them in Columbus, but I, I think Columbus has a higher ceiling than Anaheim does. Like Anaheim's gonna have a good shot to get Bedard. They are. Yeah. There there are some teams that just stink this year that are just so, so bad. You know it's bad when the sharks look somewhat decent compared to some of these guys. Yeah. But It'll be a fun race of the season. The abs are going to be fine. We still have games in hand on a lot of these teams, and we're looking good. Seattle's still somehow hanging in there. They have two games in hand on Edmonton right now. Yeah, Seattle, I they're cooling off a little, but they play hard. Like I've watched the Caps play them twice now. Seattle won one. The Caps won one. The thing I couldn't figure out about Seattle is, man, they just give it their all. Every single night, even if they don't have the goaltending to back them up, even if they just don't have a ton of talent. Like a lot of the games I watch, Berkey has not been very effective, but they just try so damn hard. I'm rooting <laughs> for them so hard to make the playoffs because this they're just so they're just so lovable. They they're like the opposite of Vegas for me. 
where it's just they're they have to earn everything that they get yeah. and just do not quit the i think we figured out what goes on with berkey whenever you watch he's just average whenever you don't watch is when i'm texting you like berkey has like three goals so maybe maybe there's we figured out why berkey didn't succeed in washington and colorado as much maybe i guess i mean he's got <laughs> he's got 26 points but somehow still a a minus 7 for them but man <laughs> I don't know if their goaltending's so bad. I don't know if you could blame the no, forwards I, as much. I mean, well, he's there's not a lot. Surprisingly, there's not a lot of guys in Seattle that have minuses right now. Berkey's kind of almost an outlier at Berkey. Schwartz is a minus nine, but everyone else is seemingly in the positives for the most part. But yeah, goaltending Martin Jones is an eight eighty eight. Grubauer is an eight eighty two. In the only time Grubauer ever comes to play is against his old teams. Like he Correct. is a monster against the Caps, and whenever he plays the Abs, he is just out of his mind. Every other game, total sieve. Yeah, total sieve. But one more thing we'll do before we close out the show: um, some history in the NHL could be happening in the next couple of weeks. Uh, your boy Ovi is four goals away from eight hundred, and I don't think I. Wayne Gretzky's all-time goal record is almost to me in the same vein as Joe DiMaggio's hit streak. I don't think anyone ever thought we were going to see someone even come close to breaking it. And if Ovi continues this pace, we're talking in like a year and a half, he's going to break this record. Yeah, he is less than 100 goals away already. And I went back and I looked. It was just before the season got shut down or no. Yeah, it was before the season got shut down, like two months before that, where he passed Marc Messier. And from that point on, the next 100 goals really only took like just under three years for the most part with breaks and shortened season included. And he's going to slow down a little bit. He's going to do this. He's going to. He's going to do this. He's going to pass. He's going to hit 800 in the next couple of games. He's going to pass Gordy Howe just shortly after that because Gordy Howe is 801. And after that, like we're in the double digits for passing Wayne Gretzky. And with the way they're giving him empty nets. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He's become an empty net fucking merchant. For oh, those of you who don't know, Obi has three empty net goals in his past two his, games. He's on a goal streak where he has three empty net goals, which is also awesome. I do not care. Gretzky still holds the record for empty net goals. They have the same empty net percentage in their careers. So anyone who's telling you that it's it's a disgrace, they're just mad for the most part, but it's going to happen. And by the end of this season, we're going to be talking like, oh, he's only like 70 away from this. Like this is. I think 70 is even you're undermining him. I think he has a shot at 50 this year. I I think 50 might be a little much for him, but 40 is definitely, definitely on the table. I think he definitely hits 40. Dude, Alex Ovechkin, until he stops playing hockey, I will think he can get 50 goals in a season. He's just that good. I've watched all of his games. He hasn't had the game or the streak where he has like seven goals in three games that he usually has. He had one of those last season. Every season he's hit 50. He's just had like that five to 10 game run where every shift he has, he is scoring a goal. He's got two games. He's got or two goals. He's got three goals or even in a game where he only has one goal. He has like eight shots on goal. He hasn't had one of those so far this season. His goals are like he picks up a power play goal, picks up a deflection, and maybe he has two on an empty net. He hasn't had one of those. I think 
42. I think 42 is what I said coming into the season. What he does, I think he does exactly that. That's fair. I The only thing I want, because he's going to break the record. We just need to accept, like, no one ever thought Wayne Gretzky's records were going to be touched. And quite frankly, I don't think anyone's going to come t- close to touching Alex Ovechkin when Ovi passes him. Um, all I want is for Nicholas Backstrom to be the one to get the primary assist on his record-breaking goal. I don't think it's going to happen, but if you were telling me you want one thing to be, that would be fucking cool if it's Nicholas Backstrom setting him up. Yeah, that that would be. I mean, the caps are going to be terrible when he breaks this record. So, I mean, oh, why, yeah. why not keep Backstrom around at that point? I mean, as much as I would love for the caps to still be competitive when Ovi breaks that record, they are barely hanging on right now. They've been much better lately. Ever since Oshie's come back, they've been 6 2 and 1. So, they're going to be in the race for the playoffs all season. But the next couple of years, they're going to be tough. Yeah. It, but all. I just I don't think enough people are talking about it. I, I just because I think, I think it's just because it's a thing that never goes away. This is not new information. Yeah. Obi's close to Gretzky. Once we get to within 50, this is going to be we're going to get the story like it's it's going to be a thing where like you remember Aaron Judge this season and the yeah. whole, and they would cut away from other sports to watch Aaron judge, which was the, the most insane thing that I have ever seen that they would cut away from a different sport to watch this guy potentially break a record. And this went on for two weeks. We're probably going to have something like that. Once Ovi really starts to get close, it's probably going to start already now that we're within a hundred, but I think next season, this is really going to start to happen. And people are going to be really sick of it before long. Yeah, it's true. But like, here's the thing. And I've said this before on the show and I got some flames for it. But I think the way that Ovi's done it in this NHL is more impressive than Wayne Gretzky in my, because I think the goaltending is a lot better. I, I just think you have to put it like this, because when you say it like that, it makes it sound like Gretzky was a fraud. If yeah, Gretzky, he wasn't. If he Gretzky wasn't. plays in this era, he is still probably the best player of all time. Correct. He does not have that many goals. Ovi has already passed him. Correct. I agree with that completely. Um, I still think Wayne Gretzky is the greatest player of all time. Do I think his numbers got a little inflamed by the type of games they were playing? Yes. Um, but really, like, if you're looking at it, once Ovechkin breaks it, the only one I could see possibly breaking it is McDavid, but... Not, I, not for goals. And yeah, I mean, no one's ever touched in Gretzky's points. That is no, 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 no. no. I'm talking just goals. He has here. more assists than anyone else has points. Like that yeah. is not being touched for goals. I don't think the player has been born yet. That's my honest take on it. If someone's going to break the OV slash Gretzky record, I don't think they exist right now. Yeah. Cause I mean like McDavid's on pace to score like 50 this year. But even then, like he, he's already off to a slow start when it comes to yeah. stuff. Yeah. He never has had like the huge 60 goal season. Like he's been. Yeah. What is Ovi's career high in goals? Like 63? 65. That's ludicrous. That is ludicrous numbers. It was, it was, it wasn't higher than 65. I should know this because this is my entire shtick, but it was, I'm on It was 65. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not a fake fan. I, I, he's going to be like, I just I I have had such a turnaround on Ovi because I used to think he fu- I fucking hated the guy. And then over the past like 5 years once he won his cup, I was like this guy guy fucking rules, man. Like he never bitches. He's just a fucking workhorse 
and he has the dirtiest slap shot of all time. I think, like, I think it's just because of like just how cool he is as an old guy in the yeah. NHL, where it's just he's just a monster. Like I I can understand not liking young Ovi as, as a Caps fan growing up with Ovi. I adored him, yeah. but how can you hate old Ovi? Like this this guy is just a monster on the ice. He's a physical specimen. He's just hilarious. Like he's yeah. just he's just unintentionally like the funniest person who has ever walked the earth. He, he he's great. Um, great goal scorer will be the greatest goal scorer of all time. And once he hits 800, that's going to be fucking, that's crazy. Like we're, we're not going to see that again, potentially in our lifetimes. Ever. No, like, I, I genuinely think that there is, it's not Matthews, not McDavid. Like we'll see what Bedard is because his shot is ridiculous. But even then, even then, like I think Matthews, it. Matthews is great. Matthews going to win the rocket Richard for a lot of years to come. I don't think he even comes close to touching Ovi. That's I just don't. It's not about that. It's yeah. about what are you going to do when you're 35? And how are you going to sustain scoring 50 goals a season? Did he score 50 last year? He did. He scored 50 goals last year. He had 50. <laughs> what was it? Why did I just lose it? I just had it. He had 50 goals even and 90 points. Yeah. He's ludicrous, man. He's really fucking good. And I can't wait for him to break the record. It's going to be one of those where were you moments. Um, Hopefully there. For me. Yeah. Yeah. And dude, I don't know. Like low key, if he could break it against the Avs in Ball Arena, that would be one of the coolest things I I think I'd ever see in my life. It it has to be a Capital One. It just like to break the the Gretzky record on the road. That's just not right. It's Oh, they'd for sure scratch him. No, it'd be like. He has the empty net and he just like, oh, I fell and shoot it, shoots it into the stands. Like it's gotta be at home. It has to be. You are the NHL would take away the goal if he broke it. Just so they <laughs> they just, call it offsides. <laughs> just so they can have that moment in Washington. They like they'd stop the game. They they would literally have a oh, ceremony yeah. the same way they did for Yager when he went second all time or whenever in points. They would stop the game and have the ceremony right there. You can't, yeah. is he, you can't do that on the road. Yeah. Is he going to get 800 at home? It depends. Cause right now he's four away. I mean, as long as it's one of 800 or passing how I think it would just kind of count all the same, but I would hope he does it at home. He usually does. No, the last, the 700 was on the road, but five yeah, against New Jersey, right? 500 and 600 were at home. I was at 500, but I would think so. I mean, the next one, Winnipeg, Chicago, it's pretty. It's a pretty even split. I, at least one of them he'll pass at home. Okay, good. That's all I care about. But I did want to end the show on that because it just feels like it's getting kind of brushed into the rug. That Detroit at home. That'd be they, cool. They play the Red Wings on the 19th, five games from now. That'd be cool. That's a thing. That'd be cool. That would That'd be cool. cool. But I, I just feel like it's not getting as much pub as it should because I think uh, I think it has, but it's just been spread out over the last four years. Fair, fair. But I didn't want to end the show on that. But overall, we'll close up the show here. Avs played games this week. <laughs> they they participated they, in them. The the results were kind of what we expected, but good news is on the way. Players are on the way, and the winning will be back on the way for the Avs here pretty soon. I certainly hope so. Once we get out of this, hopefully the abs are just picking up wins left and right because as as a fan base, we have clearly suffered for far too. Yeah. And just when 
what a rough year it's been. It sucks. It's been just, tough. Yes. So unbelievably brutal. Hopefully we can end it on a high note and go into 2023 with some positivity for once. Fingers crossed. It's just so hard to be an Avs fan these days. As we're both wearing our Stanley Cup championship we're hats. Both, we're both wearing our Stanley Cup hats. The one I wear on every episode and when I look back on this year, all of the pictures that I have of myself in Colorado for the first time, and I'd still find like I still have the glasses that I broke in when I in the Stanley Cup celebration. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right here with me right now, just because Love I it. bring myself to get rid of them because that's a keepsake. Yes. I don't know if I've ever told that story on the podcast before, but I I have the video of when we won in the arena. And I went to hug the guy next to me and I heard something clatter to the ground. But I didn't care because we just won. And also I felt like I was going to pass out because I was. And I got back to my hotel. I looked at the glasses. I don't know why I had my glasses with me, but it's just a, a muscle memory thing that I always have. I looked at them and there's just a lens missing. I was like, oh, that's what that noise was. That was the lens clattering to the ground. Yep. But, but worth it. Worth so, it. So worth it. I would trade every pair of glasses I have ever owned for another Stanley cup win. But yeah, I mean, I, I look back on that video every once in a while, I still get goosebumps. So it, it will be a, where were you moment? And I will always remember that, but yeah, that was still surreal that that happened this year. Not even what seven not months even, ago, not even six months ago at this point. Yeah. I was, that was in June, man. It's not even the end of December yet. That was Jesus five Christ. months. Ago. Time's moving so slow, but low and yeah. same time, man. <laughs> I hope we can do that again somehow. Fingers crossed. Fingers, Fingers crossed. crossed. We'll wrap this episode up here. I feel like I woke up a lot more as this episode went on because holy fuck, I'm exhausted. But we'll end this one here. Thank you all so very much for tuning in. As always, use promo code Teledabs. It is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. The abs have a massive homestand coming up. And if you want to get out there and see them as injured as they are right now, use the promo code save yourself some money. It helps out the show. It helps out everyone. We want to help you see the abs because you deserve it. Abs fans are awesome. You guys deserve some tickets. We just want to help you out. Use promo code teledabs. It is for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore belay, and you can follow the show at tell it abs it is. But again, thank you all so very much for tuning in, and we will catch you all next time. But until then, let's go abs.